I do get a lot of people that have tears in the clinic. And I kind of feel like if nobody cried in a day in the clinic, then I haven't done my job (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information, diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, everybody. You are in for a juicy episode today. I love how I came across my guest today. He actually found me on a podcast that I was interviewed on last year. It was a podcast that was more about business and personal growth. And he was in a place in his business where he was looking to expand and needed some support in terms of online support, taking his business online. And so he reached out and we connected and it was an amazing match because we're both very much into the woo-woo and talk human design and astrology and all sorts of things when we have our meetings. And I just love how we connected. It was through podcasting originally, and now he is a client of mine on the business side. And he has actually a really incredibly full, very busy practice He works with so many patients who have autoimmune disease and Lyme's and fibromyalgia and rheumatoid arthritis and a lot of mystery syndromes and mystery illnesses. And his practice is so busy. And well, there is just one of him. So we're working together to take a lot of his teachings and bring them into the online space so he can support and help people globally. And I love his message. I love what he stands for. And I love what he shares today. We talk about what mystery illness is. We talk about commonalities that he sees with those who have autoimmune. We talk about different types of modalities that he uses in his practice. And we also talk about what's really being missed with autoimmune disorders and some of the key components that he really dives into in his practice and why he has such great results with his patients. And so we do talk about emotional healing and we talk a little bit about spirituality and the woo and how he's really taken some of some of this and really brought it into his practice because let's face it when it comes to allopathic medicine this is what's missed there's this very physical viewpoint that the allopathic community takes right you have this pain in your foot you have this headache you take this thing and you're done And there's so many more layers to that. And there's so many more layers as to what makes us human and to what makes us thrive and what creates disease. And Kevin is really here to get to the root of that. We talk about toxins and bacteria, and we talk about what it really means to live and embody a fully lived life. I'm really excited for you guys to tune in today and to learn all about Kevin 
and get some amazing insights. So my guest today, Dr. Kevin Preston, is a traditional Chinese medicine doctor and practices in Vernon, BC, Canada. He sees patients from across North America and works with chronic illness, mystery syndromes, and optimizing health and performance. He's also passionate about illuminating the underlying causes of illness in our modern world, along with utilizing a combination of ancient principles and cutting edge techniques. Let's dive in. Enjoy. Now, before we dive into our episode today, I want to let you know about an upcoming event that my guest, Dr. Kevin Preston, will be hosting in Vernon, BC. The new human event is a two-day live in-person experience designed to help you become the clear and empowered version of yourself to write your greatest story. There will be experts in their respective fields of study teaching and sharing their wisdom from regenerative medicine, thriving relationships, emotional and ancestral healing, and soul-level blueprinting activating your very own DNA. Get ready for an expansive experience that will never be forgotten. If you'd like to grab tickets and learn more, head on over to drkevinpreston.com forward slash the dash new dash human. Hello, Kevin. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on today. My pleasure. I'm really excited to dive in. There's going to be such juicy knowledge bombs that I know are going to be dropped today. And before we do that, can you share with our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, I am a doctor of Chinese medicine. I love all things herbal medicine and biological medicine is another specialty of mine as well, where we really dive into viruses and bacteria and toxins in the body. And through years of working that way in my clinic in, in Vernon, BC, then it's also taken me down the road of mental, emotional imbalances and spirituality and you know finding the intersections of where all those come together in, in people's wellness or illness. And then we, we work on sorting that out. So yeah, that's a big part of each week for me. I love that. And so did you always know that this was the route you really wanted to go? Like what, what actually led you here? That's probably a longer story. And I didn't (laughs) know that this was where I was going to kind of, you know, find my, my pathway, but I had a lot of jobs in the past and I was exposed to medicine a lot too, just from lots of injuries and you know, being around nurses and doctors and, you know, veterinarians and things like that as a kid and working with animals. And so I was always curious about the human body and I was curious about illnesses and other people. And yeah, I just always had this um, desire to understand things around me in the world. And when that came to my own body through lots of injuries, then I got to learn a lot and learn about healing and all things that contribute to healing or things that don't contribute to healing. And through my adventurous uh, work careers of building communication towers and working on farms and everything in between and building houses. And yeah, I, I learned a lot about different walks of life as well. And all of that's actually been really beautifully contributing. But for a long time, especially in my early 20s, I didn't know where my direction was. And I remember being pretty frustrated that none of the things I was doing felt quite right. And I knew that I needed to keep searching for whatever that was. And 
you know, how we find things, I guess, or they find us. Chinese medicine found me and was, Mm -hmm. you know, drew me in with the ideas and the philosophy of treating the root causes of illness. And, you know, I had three years of school in uh, science prior to going into Chinese medicine. So it was definitely a a paradigm shift, but I saw the results on myself and, and for others. And yeah, my curiosity got the better of me. And so I took a leap of faith and there I, there I went. And, you know, 14 years later of practice and yeah, learning, it's been quite a journey. That's amazing. And so how long have you had your practice for now? I've been in practice for, yeah, well, 14 years and, um, yeah, what a, what a learning curve of life and business and working with people and seeing really, really challenging cases and learning more and more about the human body all the time and how capable it is and what kind of, you know, trips us up in, in health and wellness. And yeah, it's endless learning. As you know, I think with some of the work you do, it's like, there's more to learn all the time. And always. I think I felt really overwhelmed by that in the early parts of my career. Like I, I just didn't know enough. I needed to learn more. And, you know, I took every course you could possibly imagine, like every weekend I was doing courses and I don't regret that now for sure. It made a, a huge difference, but uh, yeah, I find myself in a lot more flow with my work and open to what what's available when we really pay attention to the patients sitting in front of us and the world around us, then Yeah endless insights to be had, it seems oh, like. Totally. I, I can definitely relate. So did you actually open like your practice right like 14 years ago? Like you were done, you graduated and you were like, I'm opening my own clinic. I went into work at a, a different, well, yeah, a different location. And I, I thought I was going to start my own practice right off the bat. And I was gearing up to do that. And then, yeah, I had a beautiful opportunity to show up that I actually didn't really want to do my mind's like no I don't I don't want to work there because it was a spa and you know in my mind I'm like I'm not working at a spa I'm gonna do medicine and I I had met the owners a few times and they're really amazing people and they kept saying no no we're we want to go more in the the wellness direction and we want to start wellness and you know other treatments and things along with the spa and I remember thinking like, I'm definitely not doing that. But just out of curiosity, I'm going to stop into their shop one day and just check it out. And I didn't tell anybody I was coming because I like to assess things, you know, and see how it feels. And I walked in there and then I I went through the doors and kind of snuck into the spa area and was uh, pleasantly surprised that it felt really good in there. And then my body and the guidance was like, yeah, you should work here. And I was like, what? No how's that going to look? And I thought, well, I got nothing to lose. You know, I'm just had my license was ready to start working. And so I thought I'll work here for a couple months and then see how it goes. And five years went by and they were so (laughs) awesome. And they, they helped teach me so much and in business and everything else, but they helped me learn and grow. And they basically let me do whatever I wanted to do. And I ended up starting a Chinese herbal pharmacy there and we, you know, developed a, a big following for acupuncture and medicine and diving into toxicity testing. And so we really just kept, you know, rocking it out there, I guess, until we kind of outgrew the space. And yeah, I'm still really good friends with them to this day. That was like the, the best thing for me, which is always Amazing. fascinating because our, our mind has thoughts about these things. But if we can listen to that guidance inside, then it tends to right. pull us where we need to be. So yeah, then after that, I did start my own clinic. So I guess it's been 
yeah, eight or nine years of, you know, just being in my own workspace and working with others yeah. and employees and things like that. And yeah, it's been great. That's amazing. And I ask because I know that you have a very busy clinic and you are like the go-to man. You have a lot of people come see you because of mystery illness, right? So mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about that and like what mystery illness means. Yeah. Mystery illness to me is this growing, unfortunately, growing segment in the population. And I've seen this over the last decade in, in leaps and bounds where patients come to see me. They've seen five or six doctors, sometimes 10, 15 doctors. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I've had patients that have seen over 20 doctors or more over you know a, a decade long period, and they haven't really got any answers or they haven't really got effective treatment. They've tried so many medications. They've been everywhere. They've seen it all. And they're kind of coming to me, especially years ago, as the, the last resort of, can you please help me? I heard you help some other people. <laughs> and let's just see. And so there's no clear diagnosis. There's no clear um, disease necessarily, or they don't check off all the typical boxes that you would expect to get a diagnosis and they they stay in that gray space in between the gray zone yet they're really not feeling well and sometimes they're very very ill but they haven't really got any answers and so i think working with thousands of those cases over the years then it's taught me so much about health and wellness and diving into the deeper areas of like toxicity and epigenetics and you know, discovering things that were really keeping a lot of those patients stuck and then getting them unstuck and getting them moving again and, you know, restoring hope and teaching them about their own bodies and, and then seeing them start to flourish. So I, I feel really blessed being able to see that. Amazing. I love that. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that. You mentioned like toxicity, epigenetics, like there's a lot of layers. So if you can kind of take us through somebody who has seen the 15, 20 plus doctors and they're still stuck and nothing is really working, what are some of these things that you're looking at and where might you start with somebody? Usually I'll, I'll take a bird's eye view and especially when I see a case like that and they share their history and where they've been and they've been to the Mayo Clinic and they've been to Mexico or they've gone to Europe or any number of things and maybe they've gotten some you know, decent advice along the way or some treatment that helped them for a little while, but it didn't solve it. And then they're sick again and they just keep getting pulled back into that. So whenever I see that or, or hear that, then I'll, I'll take the highest vantage point possible of what is not being seen here. Cause that's really all that tells me is something's not being addressed. Something's not being seen here. It could be anything. And then backing up more and, you know, imagining, I guess, that I'm taking a, the eagle view from above of something's being missed. We, we can find that and let's, let's be open to what that might be. And, you know, you mentioned epigenetics in that question too. And this is something that's been so fascinating and I'm learning about this all the time that our family history can play a big role. And not really in the way that we think necessarily. And so, you know, they talk about genetics. And this is what we're seeing nowadays, too, that modern medicine is almost labeling everything as a genetic issue. And, you know, if you have diabetes, 
well, it's because your dad did or your grandfather. And it's like, well, that's just, you know, that's just genetics or high blood pressure, cholesterol or autoimmune disorders. It's like, well, that's just genetics. And, you know, you got a crappy roll of the dice sort of thing. And whenever I see that, I think, hang on a second, our genes are able to be expressed in so many different ways. So right now in a particular patient, maybe they're seeing a, a gene expression that is lots of illness or lots of symptoms and, and maybe autoimmune disorders or something. And then we start peeling back the layers and I do look at family history, but I look at the emotional patterns, the behavioral patterns, the, the value systems and the beliefs and the tendencies that have been built into the nervous system. And, you know, there's plenty of studies on this and actually a tremendous book is called It Didn't Start With You by Mark mm -hmm. Wolin. And they talk about this a lot. And, you know, Holocaust survivors are, you know, kind of famously known for this now in, in the research that their offspring, their children tend to have a lot of health issues, a lot of nervous system disorders and things. And you think, of course, that information, that trauma, that imprinting gets moved through the genetics also. And it's seeking resolution in some way. And so it can show itself in physicality, you know, in physical symptoms, in physical pain, in emotional pain, in any number of patterns that kind of show themselves now often known as autoimmune disorders with no known cause. And they become a mystery and nobody really knows why they have this. But when we dive into those layers, and to me, this is just the tip of the iceberg for an individual, that's what I mean by taking a, a broader view is looking beyond the individual and looking at where they grew up and how they grew up and getting to know about their ancestry a little bit and their parents and their tendencies and some of the illnesses that maybe were coming through the family systems. And then we, we start going deeper from there. So what does that mean going deeper <laughs> from there? So like number one, that that's just wild, but it also makes so much sense for sure. Um, that something like that would get passed on. And, um, so when you say going deeper, how, like, where do you even start with addressing these behaviors, these emotions, these symptoms? Like, wh yeah, where do you start with somebody? I suppose I classify myself as a, uh, an auditory learner. And, you know, I know we all have different styles and we all have all of the styles, but I, I tend to really listen to the words that people use. And mm -hmm. then I'm, I'm feeling whatever energy is sitting in front of me and how they walk and how they talk and how they express themselves and how they're holding their body. And I suppose I'm just observing and listening for that opening or something they say or something they refer to. And I'll, I'll ask them, what do you mean by that? And then maybe that is the thread or the, the open door that we'll start going deeper in mm -hmm. and dive back into their history. But the other way I do this, well, I suppose it's multifaceted, I do toxicity testing in my office. I test acupuncture points with uh, some awesome special gear that I have. It's, it's uh, referred mm -hmm. to as electrodermal screening is, is one way of putting it. But really, I just look at it as uh, testing the conductivity of the acupuncture points. And through that process, I get to see what is going on in the organ systems of the body, all of the organ systems. And so in addition to talking and following these threads of, you know, ancestry and, and also whatever's going on in their life currently and what they're experiencing, then I start going deeper at the cellular level, looking for 
is there any toxins present here? And that could be metals or chemicals or, you know, bacteria, you know, viruses are a big one um, currently as well. And it could be any of those things. And then to combine that knowledge and information with ancestral um, understanding that maybe the grandfather or grandmother was exposed to quite a bit of toxins. And, you know, World War II is a good example where there's a lot of exposure for anybody in Europe, especially some of that toxicity could make its way into the biology of humanity. And then I have somebody sitting in front of me who's maybe 20 years old, but their ancestry maybe came from uh, Central Europe there. And I'll maybe find toxins that have nothing to do with them, but they have to do with their ancestry and things that they never even knew that, you know, their grandfather or grandmother was exposed to. Or, you know, we live in the Okanagan here. It's really beautiful. And there's a lot of orchards. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of chemical spray. And so Mm. farmers and things that I've worked with a lot, I'll find a lot of chemical toxicity of, you know, herbicides and pesticides that they used through a part of their life or their parents used it a lot. Some of that residue gets passed forward. And these are all the things that I may find. And if you weren't thinking in, in those ways, you'd never really consider look for that stuff. And, and that's, I think, where a lot for of patients sure. come to see me, that they are looking for something that they haven't found yet. And these are the things that we often see. For sure. I mean, allopathic medicine is just so like, surface level and you're digging in so much deeper and so beyond that. And you're also really intuitive with your work, you know, just sitting there and listening and observing and, and each person, like you said, the thread, right. You're going to start with this, this thread and it's going to take you deeper. Like that thread is going to look different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's my favorite time of year. The sun is shining. The weather is getting warmer, which means it is time to get outdoors and soak up that sunshine. Sunshine is imperative for our hormone health, for melatonin production, supporting circadian rhythm, and it's how we absorb our vitamin D. And because we're going to be spending more time outdoors over these next few months, it's important that we protect our skin and we can do that from the inside out. That's where Organifi Glow comes in. This is a natural collagen support product, and it tastes delicious. It's a delicious raspberry lemonade blend, and it contains tremella mushroom, acerola cherry, amla, and silica from bamboo. And what this means, it means it's going to support natural collagen production and elasticity. It actually contains five times the moisture of hyaluronic acid, thanks to tremella mushroom, and it's going to leave your skin brighter and glowing from the inside out. So head on over to OrganifiShop.com, use the coupon code WellnessWitch at checkout and save 20% off Organifi Glow. You guys have been sending me so many beautiful messages over on Instagram telling me how much you've been loving your medicinal mushrooms from Aversio Wellness. Now you guys know I'm obsessed with my medicinal mushrooms. My morning go-to is the Awaken Blend. And many of you have been using this and adding it to your morning smoothies or your morning coffee. That's exactly how I use it 
one scoop into my coffee, and I've got some turkey tail, cordyceps, and lion's mane. This is amazing for supporting mental agility, gut health, inflammation, and just a natural all-day energy. It's amazing for hormonal health and just so many benefits to using medicinal mushrooms. If you want to save 15% off the Awaken Blend or any of the amazing mushroom extracts over on aversiowellness.com, use the coupon code WELLNESSWITCH and save 15% off. So speaking of toxicity, it's, it's unavoidable right? Mm -hmm. Like, of course, there's a lot that we can control, right? With our food and the products that we buy, cleaning products we use, makeup we use, clothes. Like, of course, there's a lot that is within our control and within our home. But in the environment, you know, you step outside your door, there's a lot that we can't control. So obviously we're exposed to a lot of different toxins. What advice might you give, like, just for the everyday person to like support detoxification and just optimize their body and their health when it comes to like these toxic exposures, where can we start or what sort of steps can we take? I think one of the first things that I think about, and maybe this is just my own orientation and and certainly spend a lot of time in the clinic is lack of nature causes a lot of difficulty in the body. Mm. And so I ask people, you know, when's the last time you went for a swim in the lake or a river or, you know, went for a walk in the forest with some really beautiful trees? Or do you live anywhere close to accessing those things? And I think a lot of connectivity with nature and with our natural ecosystems around us has has been lost. And it can be easy to bypass that because you're working a long day, you get home, you're hungry, you're tired, you have all these, you know, things going on and emails to catch up on or whatever it might be, then days and days and days can go by like that without us connecting in nature. And instead we're coming home and connecting on our computers and our phones. And that doesn't enhance the cellular structures of the body. It doesn't enhance cellular activity in a, in a powerful way. And nature always does. And, you know, just even for myself, there's never been a time if I've been struggling or stressed or, you know, working on a, a mental problem that I'm trying to figure something out in my life where I've gone into the forest and haven't felt better after. Like it works every Same. time. And so I think, wow, that's really effective medicine. Like it makes me feel better every single time. I've never regretted, you know, you don't hear people say like, I really didn't like that walk in the forest. It was terrible spending time <laughs> in nature. It's typically Said the no one opposite. Ever. <laughs> and if they do say that, then I'd say, okay, we got stuff to talk about. <laughs> like, But just sitting with the tree or sitting, you know, looking at the sunset or sunrise, these things that don't cost anything. And, you know, I feel really blessed to live in a place where I can access nature all the time. And even where I'm living right now, I can see trees out the window here and rocks and you know open sky and it just they've done studies on this too if we can see green even from your office it has a positive effect on the body so yeah i can't can't stress going into nature enough and then i mentioned water a little bit too water has a cleansing uh, property to it water is tremendous for emotions so if you're in a funk having a, a hot shower 
I know cold showers are really popular these days. I do lots of cold plunges too, and, and it's been that way for years. But just even, yeah, washing the body can reset things a little bit too. And you can do that mindfully, have a bath, have a shower, and just envision all the stress of the day washing away, going down the drain, you know, shaking off anything that's uh, maybe holding you down or feeling heavy or stuck. And that's enough too. That's enough to, to shift your mood or shift your energy. And so, yeah, I guess I feel very connected to the, the natural world. So a lot of my recommendations are, are based on that. But then it does remind us who we are. And it, it gets us to step out of that busy mental flow. And I, I do think that's a huge issue in society right now is the level of uh, task switching, also known as multitasking, kind of hyper-connectivity where we're not giving ourselves a chance to rest. And I know it can be challenging to come into a place of stillness. And for people that love to be productive and always creating or building something or doing something or helping others, it can be also overlooked to have time alone, solo time. And coming into stillness where you're not doing it to, to be productive, you're doing it actually to not be productive. And in those moments, insights will come in or an opening of emotion will start to show up that maybe you've been avoiding or suppressing all week. And suddenly, maybe you find yourself feeling a lot of grief or sadness or some tears are coming out only because you've actually allowed time to feel something. And those types of practices will clear toxins from the body. It's usually when we are going too fast and not addressing the body, not listening to what our body needs, that's when things really start building up. And when stuff gets stuck in the body that way, then we start usually getting symptoms and our, our body starts telling us like, hey, you need to shift something or stop something or slow down or you're, you need to give me something to address what you're asking. You know, we ask a lot of ourselves all the time, so many of us. And, you know, even if you're a machine or something, you're going to have to do some repairs or, you know, take it in the shop once in a while to give it some resources <laughs> right. or fill it up or just, you know, you know, look it over and see how are we doing right now. And, and a lot of people don't stop and do that. And, and of course, then issues can start coming up. For sure. Oh, I love all those points. Well, I can see green from my office. Nice. <laughs> I've positioned my office perfectly. There's a big park across the street for me and then a forest behind there. So it's it's so great. And then we moved to a place where we were near trails and all that was really accessible around us, which is so important. How have you felt about moving somewhere where now you can access nature more easily? Like, what have you noticed for your life? Oh my God. So much. Like we lived, we used to live in a condo and I always joke that like we lived in the sky because we were 27 floors wow. up and yeah. And it was really high. Right. And then you're in this building, tons of Wi-Fi. Um, you know, you can't even really control like the heating or the air conditioning, things like that. So, um, like on a certain level, yes, but overall, you know, you can't. And so, it just got to this point where I could like feel it in my body being in the condo. And like, I'm so grateful for that time because we had this beautiful space and it served us at that time. But I definitely got to this point where I was really feeling it in my body. And I was like, no, like I need the expansion mm -hmm. of a house, a backyard, more accessibility. And, um, 
And it's been amazing. It's been amazing just for how I have felt in my body, my energy, how much light comes into our house. Um, my sleep has improved from being in this house. And I, um, even like my business has flourished, like really like things outside of just like me physically in my body, like just my relationship has flourished. My, yeah, my business has flourished because I have that expansion and that is that space. And yeah, it's been amazing. Wow, so, that's, th- yeah, thanks that's for beautiful. That. Well, and I think one of the keys here is that everybody's different. You know, what feels good and deep and healthy and resonant for each of us may be quite different. Some people love the city and they feel so at home there and nourished there. And possibly because I grew up in a a rural location and on a farm with lots of land and space, that's my go-to. That's my, my nervous system calibration. Always feel better when I'm, you know, around lakes and rivers and mountains and have open space. And I know I need that for my health. So I encourage everybody and all my patients too, to find those places. Even if you live in a place or you're in a home or wherever you find yourself right now, that doesn't completely feel, you know, resonant or good or supportive, get out for the day and go to the parks, go to, you know, wherever you can feel that. Cause I have lived in tiny little places before that I, I didn't really love and I didn't feel that expansion so i i would go out into the world and right. use the world for my expansion and spend a lot of time in in um you know just provincial parks or or places that i could access and i'd go and study there and i'd go and read there and i'd you know take my phone and try and get some work done there but sitting by a big tree looking at a lake and then i felt expansive and sometimes you know coming back into my 500 square foot place that i used to have I'd feel that oppression a little bit and then I would just, you know, do some breath work and attune my nervous system mm-hmm. to the outside of that space that maybe I spent time in for the day. And, and so I love that everything is supporting like all aspects of your life with the move that you made. And that can't be underestimated, mm-hmm. and especially with like autoimmune disorders. Usually I ask people that, what's your home like? What's your neighborhood like? What's your relationships like? Like, what is your external environment reflecting back to you? And something usually needs to change, whether it's like work or career, sometimes relationships as well. But something usually needs to shift because their body is not adapting or interfacing well with what they've built around themselves and and what they've created. And often it's, you know, subconscious elements in our lives that we we create these environments that are not supportive to us. And then our, our body will tell us pretty quickly, hey, this doesn't, this doesn't work for us. We need to change something. So I love that you made a change and that it's, it's working out for you. That's beautiful. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. And now I get super anxious if we actually have to go into the city. <laughs> yeah. Like just the thought of having to like be in traffic and finding parking and just like so much congestion. I'm just like, oh my God, I just, I avoid it at all costs. And you know, if I have to, I have to, but yeah, I definitely try to avoid it. So I'd love to chat about some of the commonalities that you see with autoimmune. I mean, you've, you've mentioned a few things like their environment, right? Like maybe lack of nature. So what, what are you really seeing in terms of commonalities? Maybe let's take an example like uh, fibromyalgia, you know, something where 
you know, some kind of chronic pain sure. syndrome. And what I see with that type of diagnosis and many others as well, but especially the physical pain, rheumatoid arthritis is a good one too, that I don't think I've ever seen a case where it wasn't emotional pain deep in the body that's now being expressed physically. It's like it almost, it doesn't happen, you know, unless somebody's had recurrent physical injuries and now they have like significant arthritis and a, a joint that was just, you know, injured over and over again. And I think, Hey, maybe that's, that is physical, um, in its root. But even that I would question is like, why do you keep injuring or damaging that particular tissue in the body? There's something creating this, you know, mm -hmm. something in your psyche, something in your programming, something from your childhood that you keep recreating an experience that is, is causing you harm. So, you know, if we shift back to the emotional pain, one of the things I've seen, and, and I'll put Lyme disease in this category too, is I've worked with a lot of Lyme disease and most of the patients I see, not all of them. So again, I'm generalizing here. It's always individual, but many of them experience quite a bit of trauma or abuse in some way. And, you know, we talk about the nervous system of uh, fight or flight and some of the other ones of, you know, freeze is becoming more well-known too, or even fawning for most people, especially if you're a kid at the time, you can't fight and maybe you can't run away because that could be scarier than staying where you are, you know, trying to fend for yourself when you're five years old in the world, like that's not going to work either. So what happens is you'll, you'll go into freeze most likely that energy then becomes really stuck in the system and there can be a lot of emotionality and a lot of pain buried deep within the body. And, you know, it's by design. It helps us survive maybe, you know, and there's a lot more known about trauma now and how it manifests in the body. And, you know, some of these books that have become really well known, like uh, The Body Keeps the Score and When the Body Says No, you know, these are really beautiful texts that speaking about what I see in the clinic every day. And so eventually, if something in the body is not expressed or met or worked through, it'll show up physically. You know, the physical manifestation is usually the last thing that happens, but it begins energetically or emotionally or mentally, usually all the above. And then, yeah, it can drop into the physicality of the system at some point, and then it becomes chronic in a lot of cases. And then they treat the physical body and have a lot of, you know, even acupuncture or massage or any number of like pain medications to help the physical pain. But if they don't address the emotional pain and the roots of where that comes from, it never heals because that's not what the body actually needs. It needs to have some of these other things seen and met. And I also think the people that do heal, and there's many of them, it takes a lot of courage to dive into those places. Like I'm not, you know, shaming or blaming the people that have this level of pain or fibromyalgia because the amount of um, tenacity and support and resilience it takes to dive into those areas of trauma, it can be immense. And anybody willing to do that work it generally pays off with their physical body feeling relief because they're moving that stuck energy. They're working with those yeah. time capsules. But, you know, even for me, I, I don't think I've experienced 
a lot of trauma by traditional sense. We all have, you know, woundings and traumas and life can bring us some challenges. <laughs> let's, the, let's say that. So For we sure. all have our own orientation yeah. to it. And it's not easy diving in there sometimes, which is why we distract ourselves mm -hmm. by, you know, phones and technology and everything else. Because when we come into stillness, what's there sometimes is like all the stuff that we don't want to feel and see and things that we're avoiding. So it can take some, some real, I don't even know what the word is. It can take some real presence to be able to sit with these things and, and ask for help or ask for support to go into these places that could be really scary because we still have that, that inner child that, you know, experienced whatever it was and that can be locked in the body for decades. And so these are areas that I often get into with my patients and I would say that's maybe been something that allows me to have a lot of success in these areas is certainly looking at toxins and everything else that is now built up in the physical body. But being there as a support, as a guide, as a, you know, the buddy system of if you're going to go into some deep work, take a buddy and, you know, take a headlamp right. and, and some tools and some resources and then then you can, you can do it, but, um, you know, build the support structure so that you can go into these places. And when you find inevitably things that are really painful to look at, then you have support for it and then it can be shifted. And then the weight that somebody has been carrying that they didn't even know suddenly shifts. And the next day they're like, I don't have as much physical pain. Oh my goodness. And like, it's, it's kind of mind blowing sometimes. It is mind-blowing. I bet you've had patients where you've said this to them, where, you know, you've dove into the emotional part and they've probably looked at you like you have three heads or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So can you talk us through maybe like some of the experiences you've had where patients, yeah, just kind of looked at you like, what the heck are you talking about? Maybe, well, there's, you know, thousands. One that comes up right now is um <laughs> this this woman gosh this is years ago now i i asked her some questions and she responded and then i asked her a couple more and it was really focused in a particular area of her life and i i basically said you need to address these things and she got upset and she got angry and after the appointment, I didn't see her again for over a year. She didn't come back. And I thought, well, Kev, you've really gone and done it now. <laughs> like, you know, too intense or, or, you know, she wasn't ready for that. And I kind of beat myself up about that, to be honest, you know, and especially years ago, for sure. I didn't have the confidence I do now in being able to traversing to be able to, to go into these deep spaces and, and hold that more effectively, partly because I think I needed to go and do that deep work for myself even more so that I knew what it was like. And I knew how to hold that space and stay present with somebody while they're experiencing a lot of pain. Because then, you know, I had to be okay with being uncomfortable with what they were experiencing. And so I can sit with these things way more now. But then I went through my own process of I shouldn't have said that I shouldn't have asked those questions you know that's really hard stuff and For she sure. came back over a year later and she sat down and she's like hey nobody ever spoke to me that way before 
and you know, it wasn't a negative way. It's just like going to those places that, you know, somebody doesn't want to go, but I, I felt like I needed to, and I was right. just trusting that if I was going to be of the greatest level of service that I, I needed to, to do that fearlessly. And so she said, thank you. I needed to hear that. I needed to, you know, address those areas, like you said, but it took me a while and yeah, I got upset and I got angry and I cried and I felt frustrated but it was because you were pointing me to a place that I'd been avoiding for years. And so I really had to sit with it. I did a lot of work around it. And now I'm ready to address these things. And I really appreciate that you showed up in that way, even though it might have been challenging and difficult and like, okay, let's like get to it. And I've made some changes and now I'm here and now I'm ready to like really go for it. And yeah, it was a pretty cool moment for me thinking I'll never see her again because she thinks I'm a terrible doctor for for going there. And then (laughs) it created a life shift for her in a really big way. And so, yeah, I do that way more now. And so I do get a lot of people that have tears in the clinic. And I kind of feel like if nobody cried in a day in the clinic, then I haven't done my job (laughs) for sure. (laughs) And it's not that I wake up in the morning and be like, all right, who can I get to cry today? But I I really am just sitting with them presently and listening for those areas that are keeping them the most stuck. And often those areas happen to be quite challenging or painful, but they're not alone then. I'm, I'm with them. Or we recommend, you know, other people to, to get on the team with them and areas of support in podcast books and all the things that are accessible now that you don't have to do this alone. And I say that to a lot of people too, because they feel right. maybe quite alone with these thoughts and maybe nobody's really taken the time to sit with them and be that present and reflect these totally. things to allow a new opening, to allow a shift in the energy. So sometimes some of the biggest shifts are not from the herbal tinctures and the detoxes, although that's often very impactful too. It's from conversations we have of just being two humans, like Mm -hmm. sitting together, being fully present, fully alive, listening and caring. And then boom, insights come and openings come and huge shifts happen. And they, they walk out being a different person just from time together. Oh, I love that. I, and I can totally relate. I mean, whether I'm coaching someone on the nutrition side or the business side, I'm very auditory and language is big for me. And I always picking up on the language and the words people are saying, and then (laughs) let me go there. Let me ask, you know, let me, and I, and there's definitely been moments where people are like, this is a business call. Like, why are you asking me? Like, you know, and getting frustrated and angry. And then I'm just like, can you, you know, trust me through this process? And, and if they're willing to, just what opens up for them on the other side of that is so yeah. beautiful and the possibilities that open up it's just it's just amazing because we get in our own ways in multiple yeah. ways <laughs> right yeah in multiple ways that affect not just our health but our relationships our our business our money like you know fi- all of the things right so I love that you're doing this work and I love that you're going there with people because it's uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable. So I really commend you for showing up and doing it and, and holding space mm. for people. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, I, I feel so grateful yeah. and, and blessed and doing this work has taught me so much about me also and, you know, my own dynamics totally. and my own system and 
other patterns that I have had in my system that then I get to work with and, and work through. And then I feel more liberated and a greater level of health. So I, I feel healthier now than I did, you know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And I have more energy and more vitality because I feel like I'm more in alignment with naturally flowing with, uh, you know, some of my gifting and being okay with it and, and sharing it and being of service with it. Then, you know, it's this beautiful reciprocal mm-hmm. energy that gets to come back through us all the time and inspires us to keep going and expand and, you know, reach more people and yeah, really show up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I know you're, as some might say, I often say, you know, into the woo-woo and, <laughs> um, you know, in the esoteric and the spirituality, like where do you find or have you found that to really fit into some of the healing with your patients? Definitely. This has been a, a developing area of my life ever since I started practicing And I think it was Chinese medicine that was a bit of a gateway into that because I had a science background, you know, grew up like kind of blue collar, rural farming community. There wasn't a lot of woo woo anywhere (laughs) woven into that. Mm -hmm. And I think probably my curiosity and looking at Chinese medicine philosophy that they did look at emotions and they do look at how that impacts the body and how it connects with the organs. And and so as they started to go down that road more, you start realizing, oh, there's more to the story always. And then the more I practiced, the more I would ask people questions and they would share different things. And I had met patients that had had NDEs, you know, the near-death experiences. And then they would share these insights or share their experiences. And some of that would just blow my mind, you know? And you can read about it in books. So it's sitting with somebody who's directly had an experience like that or several, it really opens your mind or they've had other experiences that would be considered strange or weird or, you know, you're like, I don't really know if that's true, but you can tell when somebody's being authentic, or at least that's how I feel when you're sitting with them and you're looking them in the eyes and you're in presence you know that they're sharing something from the heart and something that they've experienced directly. And then that would open my eyes more and I'd have to like reevaluate my own limiting beliefs. So maybe that is possible. And the more I did that, the more I realized like, oh, there's more. Oh, there's another layer. Oh, there's, there's more and more. And so I found myself going to like crystal healing workshops and you know, it's interesting as a, a farm kid, played hockey, you know, kind of a jock, but was into school a little bit, but I didn't really know where I fit in. I, I kind of was a bit of everything. And then I'm the only guy at these workshops with like 30 other women and kind of feeling <laughs> self-conscious and at the same time just being so curious of like, well, what am I, you know, what have I got to lose? Like, maybe I'll learn something and I would always learn something. And then I would see how it related back to the body or back to health and I could bring it back to the clinic. And then I'd be shy or I wouldn't share some of this stuff that I had learned on my weekend seminars or something I read as I was diving down these rabbit holes for a while. And I realized my intuition was, was growing and growing and growing and being more refined and more, more sensitive, I suppose, the more I worked and the more I learned. And I started saying it like, hey, you know, this is coming up. I don't know if it's relevant. It may not mean anything, but what about this? And 
I think it helped me phrase things in a way where if they said, nope, that's ridiculous, that doesn't mean anything, I'd be like, yeah, cool, I didn't think so, let's just like brush that aside. And what would happen though is they would often say, oh, that's really interesting you're saying that. And it would lead to these amazing conversations, which would then just reaffirm and confirm that intuition and energy is a real thing and that it would lead to more healing. And so it's like I got, I think, some some positive feedback enough of the time to keep me going down some of those roads of like, no, there's there's healing here, though. And I think that was my motivation is I want to help somebody as much as I can if they're in my clinic with me. Then, then let's like really go for it together. And a lot of times we'd end up in these conversations more about, yeah, spirituality or energy or anything in those arenas would just, you know, it'd open up even more. And then they'd come back and they'd be feeling 10 times better. And for me, then I was thinking, holy moly, that's, that's substantial. I got to learn more about this and let's like go further and see what's possible. Can we heal? all of these conditions? Can we heal way more of them? And, you know, really questioning the medical models of, you don't need to have this diagnosis forever. Even though you've been told you'll have this forever, I started to really question that when somebody's sitting in front of me. It's like, well, let's just see. If we dive in together and illuminate some of these, like, areas in your system from your childhood, from your wounding, from trauma, from misaligned energy, from energy that's kind of stuck onto your system, Mm -hmm. that when we remove that stuff and you feel better, and your illness is getting better, and pretty soon your blood work is getting better, then I'm going to do what's effective and is supportive for them and their life and their patients and uh, all my patients. And yeah, it just kept going. And so here I am now, looking back at the former versions of me 10 years ago or 15 years ago, just kind of being like, we didn't know. Oh my goodness, all the things we didn't know. But really grateful to be in this space now and excited about 10 years into the future. What do I not understand right now that I'm going to understand later on? That's exciting too. Totally. Oh, I, I love that. That was so great. Yeah. Thanks for breaking that all down. Um, and I can definitely relate and I'm very, I'm very excited about the future. I think that there's a lot of people who are stuck in fear mode right now and anxiety about everything that's been going on Mm. in the world in the past few years. Um, And I mean, we always have a choice of how we get to look at it, right? And so, and I'm choosing to be open to the possibilities and all the opportunities that will arise. And the more people that we're really going to need to show up for and help and hold space for. Um, they're going to need us even more in the next Absolutely. You know, 10, 20 years. Yeah. And that's always been a motivation for me too, is, you know, mm-hmm. sensing into where we are as humanity and where we're going. How can I be of the greatest service to things that are, are coming or things that we're seeing even right now? And yeah, I mean, autoimmune disorders are one of them. They're on this exponential growth curve and it shows no signs of slowing down. In fact, it's increasing and you know, I don't want to say that to trigger anyone. It's just we we need to be aware, though. And these are the things that we can look at if we have some courage and start addressing it, even at an individual level, then that can change what's happening collectively, too. Absolutely. So I'd love to chat about your upcoming retreat. And you mentioned you can you can kind of take us through what it's about and all of that. But what I really want to ask you here is how this 
upcoming retreat you had mentioned when I was reading the write-up about it, embodying your fully lived life. Like what, tell us what that means. For me, I'd love to live a life not sitting on the sidelines, you know, really getting in there, you know, being, being in it, being real, being authentic, feeling the ups and downs so that whenever it's my time to transition from this body, I really would love to look back and say that like I showed up fully. I didn't live in fear. I danced with the fear. I, I wanted to do things and make an impact and feel the full extent of, of who I was as a person. And there's this, this idea that when you get to the end of your life, you're, you're going to be shown everything about your life. And you're going to be shown the full potential of what you came here with and what actually happened. And I'm aiming to have that, that space in between those two, that gap, to be the smallest possible. Or if there was no gap in between, that would be really satisfying, mm. I think. And so when I'm creating events and retreats, what I started noticing years ago, and through lots of my own work too on myself, was if we spent time focused on an area of our life, then, then things would change, things would move. You know, whether it's going to other events or retreats and things like that, if you kind of step out of your life for a day or two or five, you could create some really big changes if you wanted to. And what I was seeing is some people were really showing up in, in those spaces really authentically, and they would take all of that knowledge and wisdom and start transforming their life and, and take action. And others would not. You know, they'd read a book. And I was this in the past too. So I'm speaking to myself like one more book mm -hmm. and then I'll do something. And I just need to read one more book or take one more <laughs> course. And then I'm going to start changing things. And I started realizing like, this isn't actually moving the needle in my life at all, unless I take action with it. Like I actually embody what I'm learning. And to me, that's really where I started focusing with patients and also in my own um, experiences and my own adventures is what am I, what am I actually doing? You know, what are my actions? And I, I think in the past, what I would get stuck in is that I would really base things off, you know, potential or the ideas of potential and not actions. And I, I would do that with people in my life. And, and one of the guys I worked with years ago, he's like, Kevin, you remember this saying, you know, if people keep showing you who they are, you should believe them. <laughs> and it's like the actions, that's yeah. where the rubber hits mm, the road. So I, I really started looking at that in my own life. Like, how am I showing up? What am I doing? And when it comes to events, especially the last few years, I've been doing lots and lots of in-person retreats. And I love that because I get time with people. You know, we get two or three days together and we can get into those really deep places and create those shifts. And then you see them leave different. They're changed and their lives change after that. And so that's been really motivating because that's what I'm, mm -hmm. I'm here. That's what I believe I'm here to do at this stage of my journey is to help people shift their life. Anything that's not in alignment, we want to shine a light on that. And yes, it can be uncomfortable, but it's possible. And then sharing and giving tools and sharing resources about how to do that and what steps to actually take and let them kind of be their own guide and choose their own adventure like those books like we can choose our own adventure in this life if we're willing to show up in that so 
this next big event that I'm I'm feeling and been feeling for a while and you know now we're in the planning stages it's in uh, June and uh, yeah this summer coming up and locally here in the, the Okanagan I started having dreams about it mm-hmm. probably three or four months ago and and seeing like a bigger event the you know a bigger one than what I've done before and the words that I got it was called the new human and I had to really sit with that too is like what does that even mean mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and what it means to me right now is that we can talk about all these things, we can talk about changes, but it is about embodiment. It is about putting this stuff in the nervous system and then seeing it translate into action. And that so much of my life, I would Mm -hmm. put things in the future too. And I see this with a lot of other people. When this happens, then I'll I'll change my job. Then I'll change my relationship. Then I'll I'll be happy or satisfied. And I, I don't want to keep putting things in the future. Yeah. And so it was like, how can we bring the future into the present and become the new versions of ourselves, become the new humans on this planet in real time? And so the things I'm planning for that event, it's, um, it's going to be like a Friday evening will start and then full day Saturday and most of the day on Sunday. So we have that time to get to those extra layers that maybe you wouldn't get to. And activate and unlock those parts of each of us that are waiting to step forward, that are waiting to be illuminated. And that we don't actually need to wait for whatever it is anymore, that we can all do that together. And when we do that together in a big room of, you know, 500, 600 people, that is powerful because we can feed off each other's energy and we can travel together and we can transform and shift things together. And none of us will be the same after. And so those are the things that are really exciting to me in teaching Mm -hmm. things about regenerative medicine and regenerative soil and food and relationships and how all of these things intersect with our health and our wellness and how happy we are in life, how we feel. And so we're going to dive into every corner of those things over a a couple days. And yeah, that's where a lot of my energy and focus is going and yeah, you can see my smile. I'm so excited to do it. I'm excited about <laughs> totally. <you know? laughs> yep, you've been talking yeah, with me like, about who it are we for gonna a few be months. So by then, I know? know what are we what are we going to see? What do we want to experience yeah. in this life? And so the life fully lived is that that full expression of who we are in our own authenticity, where we're not on the sidelines, where we're we're showing up as the main character in our own life, and then going from there. Beautiful. I love that. So where can our listeners find you, connect with you, and even learn the more website's about this the retreat? best place to go, drkevinpreston.com, drkevinpreston.com. I am on Instagram a little bit under the same handle there, drkevinpreston. And we'll be announcing a lot of this new information pretty soon. So just, you know, if you stay tuned to those channels or join the mailing list on the website, then you'll you'll get the info. And um, yeah, I can't wait to share more. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Samantha. This has been super fun. Thank you everyone for tuning in today. If you would like to connect with Kevin, you can do so over on Instagram at Dr. Kevin Preston 
or check out his website, drkevinpreston.com. And if you're interested in attending his retreat that will be coming up in the summer, it will be held in BC. You can get those details over on his website and he'll be sharing more over on Instagram as well. If there is anybody in your life that can benefit from today's episode, we would love it if you can share it with them. We would also love it if you can take a minute to give us a rating and a review. They mean so much and they help our podcast grow and reach more people globally. Thanks again for being with us. I'll chat with you next week. Take care.